0: King's Council helps you discover, develop, and deploy your God-given talents and abilities. Now, our vision is to get you on the right path to your framework of success, focusing on the five power pillars, spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, and financial. Now, the King's Council is not your average coaching program. It's much more than that. It's a tribe of like-minded men and women bonded by faith and relationship that you can do life with. Join us in creating the next wave of kingdom entrepreneurs and becoming the CEO of your life by visiting kingscouncilcoaching.com and connect with one of our team members today. This episode is brought to you by Anchored Coffee. Anchored Coffee is a coffee company unlike any other. Not only do they provide the most delicious and fresh coffee on the market, they also are positively impacting the communities where the coffee is growing. Anchored Coffee is on a mission to change the world through coffee. And as a subscriber of this podcast, you can get 15% off your next order using the promo code KING15. So visit impacttheworld.coffee today and use the promo code KING15 at checkout. That's impacttheworld.coffee using the promo code KING15 to get 15% off your next order. Enjoy the show. All right, all right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Council podcast. I'm your host, Riley Meek. And today, and I'm so excited about today, we get the, the four amigos today, Mr. Scott Thomas. Hey, hey, hey. what's up, man? Mr. Christian Edwards. What's up, guys? And I leave the the last one, a new addition to the team here. Our new technical title for this gentleman is Director of Member Relationships. Moving forward here, Mr. Caleb Spitler. Yeah, what's up? What's going yeah. on? That's great. So pumped to have you on the team, man. Yeah, you, happy to be here. Yeah, you guys are going to get to hear more from him on an upcoming episode. Amazing story. So I'll make sure you tune in for that as well. But today, guys, we are in Waxahachie. I think I'm saying that correctly. Waxahachie Waxahachie. You're looking at three guys who are not from None Texas, us, so yeah. <laughs> it's either Waxahachie or Waxahachie, but either way. Either one. We're here in Texas, guys. We're here hosting our annual event. We call it the Rest, Reflect and Relaunch event. We do this at the end of every year, really because we we come together. It's an event for our entire membership within the King's Council, so we've got families from all over the country here. It's been absolutely incredible. This is technically day 2. Of it, mm-hmm. So today, they're actually out. We've got like four or five hours of free time. Families are in town. So they're out playing games, zip lining, doing all sorts of crazy fun stuff. I and mean, we wanted to just come in here and take a moment and just record this podcast to really take you through what we do at these events and just the importance of setting intentional time aside of just Obviously, rest, we talk about a lot about that within our coaching model, the God-given template of the seven days of creation, and that, that seventh day being a day of rest, we all know that God certainly didn't get tired and thought, okay, I need to rest. He intentionally created this day after He created man, created us in in His image. But knowing that we're going to need that time to rest. But also, I think it's a great time for us to reflect, right? Look at what we've done in the past, what worked, what didn't work, what were our accomplishments, what were our, you know, quote-unquote failures? What feedback can we get from that? And that's going to really just set us up for the next year, next year here being 2022, which is where we can really lay the foundation and relaunch then into the vision that we have for our life. And that includes certainly goal setting, things like that, because we know just for clarity's sake, vision is not the same as goals. Goals are a stepping stone. Goals would be a benchmark that we would put in place, that the mark that we we focus on that's set before us for that higher calling, that purpose, that true vision that we have for our life. And we've spent last night, it's an incredible night, really, between I mean, we had everybody in, in a room in which we spent a good hour. Or so going through an exercise that we just want to kind of run through that and just the importance of it. And I would just love to hear your guys each individually take on that, if that's cool of like what it means to you to, or the important component of just taking this intentional time, because I know every single one of us has done this to, to some capacity. And, and I know the Christian last year Before you were really on the the team last year is when you did this on your own. And then, um, you know, Scott and I have been doing a version of this for a number of years. And Caleb, I know that you've been the success and the, the levels in, in business and sales and things that you've hit, man. I'm, I know you've, you've been very adamant with setting goals and different things like that. So I'd love to just hear each each of your individual kind of take on that. You want to start us out, Scott?
1: Yeah. Yeah. it would be great. So I think, you know, as many people know, we have a lot of businesses together and, and whether it's physical, emotional, your family, your household, a lot of people make plans. They have to-do lists. They have things. Like that. And then they just go and they run and they hustle and they do things. And a lot of times they have a tendency to just hustle right on through into the next. And then they take the next goal and they just stack it right on top of the last one and kind of just burning and, you know, candle at both ends kind of thing. And I think everyone's plans, it doesn't matter if it's your business goals or if you're a salesperson, your sales goals or if your fitness goals, they all should include measurables, things that you're actually measuring. And then rest, like a time to stop and check those measurables. And so many people feel like working harder is always better, like doing more and and going back to back and, you know, stop one thing and jump right into the next. And they miss the rest component. And realistically, physically, if you look at it, your body only grows when you're resting. So it doesn't matter how hard you work out or what you do athletically. It's only growing when you're resting. So it's the same thing with a lot of other plans Spiritually, for sure, when you be still, lots of good things happen, and we have a tendency as as humans, if I can use it like that, but we have a tendency to just push and push and push and push because we think we're getting more done, and what we really have found through all these processes is that rest and reflect, you get a chance to absorb what you've learned, and the reality is whether it's good things that have happened or what you call bad things that have happened, either way, it's like we say, win or learn. That's not a fail, it's feedback. And now you've taken your feedback and how do I apply that to my future? Like what should I do different or how can I change the outcome? And I feel like people skipping this rest and reflect section makes them repeat mistakes because they didn't take the time to really absorb. I really now I see what I did or that was an outside influence. I should look out for it later or whatever you learned from those things to carry you into your own future. So when you relaunch, you're not starting from scratch if you're starting over or changing course. You're starting with experience. So you take that experience and you move it in. So I think this is such a an integral part that I think so many people just kind of like to just skip over. Like you've heard people say, I'm going to work through the weekend, right? Like I'm just going to keep plowing through or I'm going to hustle or I'm going to grind and all those things. And it's a great attribute, but we're kind of patting ourselves on the back, giving us credit for working harder. But there's a lot of times working harder is not better.
2: Yeah, a hundred percent. And from a biblical perspective, I think I've heard you talk about this before, Riley, where In Genesis, it says there's evening and morning, the first day, that every day actually starts from a place of rest. And it's really an interesting thing if you think of humans being created. Day one, you know, humans are created on day six. Their first day, first thing they do is go to sleep. And then the next thing they do is have a whole day of rest, which is a really strange thing. You think, okay, we're here. God created us. What are we meant to do? The very first thing he has humans do is rest. And I've always thought it was kind of strange that... You know, we spend about a third of our lives sleeping. You know, God started with a blank slate. Why did He, you know, why didn't He just make us where we need a half hour of sleep versus eight hours of sleep? So, I have some thoughts on it, but I'm curious to see what uh, what you guys think. Why do you think God, you know, made us need so much sleep?
0: Yeah. I think about this a lot. and We study, as you guys know, we coach along the seven days of creation. That's our theme. And I believe God has given us templates throughout the Bible on how to do life, how to you know, not just do life, but how to operate businesses, how to have the highest possible relationship, most impactful relationships. And I think it does come from a point where it's like, okay, when it when it comes to the evening and then to the morning, the evening to the morning, and we do this, I mean, one of the, the things that we do within our coaching program as well is obviously the, what we call our big rock, little rock mm-hmm. exercise. And I have to do this When I read the Bible, I was like, this really makes sense. So I started to do this every single night of planning my day, my next day, every single night. So a version of this kind of rest, reflect, relaunch. but every single night I'm going through, okay, what are my non-negotiables for the next day? Because we all have to-do lists, we have, you know, probably some of us have lists that we still from 2020 that we didn't do. We still have so many different things that we need to get done. And there's never enough time to get everything done, but there is always enough time to get the most important things done. And if we can prioritize that on a nightly basis, that's just gonna set us up for success the very next day. And you know, God creating us, obviously knowing that we're always gonna operate from our highest possible level when we are fully rested. And I think that's just a, a great component. I'm glad you even brought that up, Caleb, of like the night before. First there was evening, then there was morning. First there's evening, then there was morning. It's a great concept. But Christian, I know you got some wisdom on that as well, brother. Sure, man. Mm-hmm. Leave it to the new guy to just
3: start uh, making oh, a Yeah, Yeah. 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 I love it. I was just looking to talk about what I got out of last night, but <laughs> <laughs> dive in, man. Yeah. <laughs> got some that's Awesome. That's- yeah. No, this is good. And when it comes to it, and obviously, I don't know if there's a. A right answer to it necessarily, as far as uh, you know, why we need a third of our lives to be resting like that—the the eight hours. Which, let's face it, not too many people, at least out of the four of us, are getting eight hours of sleep a night. I, I would actually die for for eight hours of sleep. <laughs> and not blaming my precious one-year-old, but you know, Caleb, you have some little ones as well. I do, yeah. But I don't know. I, I think. God so intricately made us, and we know that we are wonderfully and fearfully made, but we are so intricate human beings, you know, we are the apple of God's eye, we're made in His image, and for us to function at the level that He desires for us to function, it's like, all right, well, if you look at it, maybe a child's toy, the bigger the, the, the 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 play car, the the bigger the battery is, you know, and the bigger the battery, the more time it needs to recharge. So I think perhaps because we are so intricately made that it does take such a, a long time for us to fully recharge, fully reset. And I think God designs it. A lot of times in life, God, he will, when we're just grinding and hustling, God will find a way to get us to shut it down. And I know for me personally, I I had a season in life where I was just going so hard, full-time job, full-time ministry. And, you know, I was doing the work of the Lord, but I was starting to do it a a bit begrudgingly because it started to feel like work instead of just out of the love and desire I had for the Lord. And I remember I blew out my ACL and I was like, man, I knew in the moment I didn't realize it, but I was like, I feel like God's hand is all over this because i needed that time to just sit down and rest to to reflect and it did give me the opportunity if we rest and we reflect sufficiently then that relaunch is going to be epic we're going to we're going to be able to just really get after it and a lot of times let's face it we get after it and what's the sense of getting after it if we're not going in the right direction what's the sense of having a first class seat on an airplane but you're going to the wrong destination You know, so we rest and reflect that way we could really get after it and not really even what our heart's desires are necessarily, but what God's will is that we know the more we submit to God's will, the more our heart's desire and his will for our life will just come together as one. 100%.
2: And another thing I heard you say recently, Riley, you compared rest to tithing, which neither of those things make any sense to our natural minds. You know, if we think, okay, how can I maximize my wealth? Well, don't give 10% of it away. The same thing when it comes to our productivity. Why are you going to give one day to doing nothing? But God has just, in His infinite wisdom, designed creation in such a way that when we honor God, so let's say that you're in sales out there, and you could work seven days a week, I actually believe that if you take that day to rest, you're going to work more optimally those other six days. You're actually going to be more productive over those six days. You know, Same with somebody that's in fitness. You know, are you going to work out seven days a week? Are you going to actually take time to rest? And, and from a, a Christian standpoint, certainly that day of rest is just saying, God, I actually trust you with my life. Like I trust that you're actually in control and that me taking this time to not work is because I trust that you're going to be
0: working on my behalf. Have. Yeah. No, that's really good, man. Cause it is, it is. It w- when we think about it, like God created it for us. Yes. We need to rest. We need to regain the energy, but at the core of it and in everything that we do, if it is tithing, it is a form of honoring God and mm-hmm. being obedient to his word. And that is the reason I, had, I brought that up, Caleb. There's kingdom principles, like there's laws, there's spiritual laws that just work every single stinking time. And it's incredible how we tend to complicate life. I mean, we got the playbook, right? Joe Geraldo said this this morning. I freaking thought it was incredible. Like, it's an open book test. Mm-hmm. This life is a test and it's open book. It's, mm-hmm. it's the Bible is our book of life if we actually go to it and we glean from it. And sometimes when I first became a believer, I, I opened this, this Bible and I'm like, I don't even, this thou, and like, I, it was very difficult for me to understand. So if you don't have a Bible that you can understand, get a study Bible. I know, mm-hmm. I mean, we can throw one in the, in the notes here for this. I know Christian's got a great study Bible that he hooked me up with. We make sure that we resource up all the members within King's Council of like, okay, how do we really understand the, the Word of God and, and take it for what it truly means? because there are definite different versions, you know, King James, NIV, everything like that. So it's when you read different versions, I get different things. like it speaks to me differently. And so I think that's so important in why we do our Wednesday Bible studies. We talk about the five power pillars here and one of them being the spiritual component. So every Wednesday is our Bible study day. And it's like, I love how, you know, Caleb and Christian lead that for us here. And and it's like really diving into the Word of God and understanding what it actually means, peeling back the onion and, and having that time to, again, to reflect, I guess, on it and then how we can apply that into our lives. And so I think that's the biggest thing, like the kingdom principles that are in the Word of God, that if we can simply, I mean, just run the place. It's playbook. Just run the
1: plays mm-hmm. and don't deviate from the play. Yeah, one of the things that makes this so valuable is I think a lot of times people like to take credit for how tough they are, how resilient they are, things like that. And physically, it's easy to tell when you've gone too far because you've become, like, exhausted, right? But I think a lot of people don't realize when they become mentally exhausted or spiritually exhausted. I mean, go through a period of time where you're counseling people and you're you're staying with them and you're, you're getting calls late at night, early in the morning, and you're kind of praying with them and go, you can become spiritually exhausted. I mean, it, and I think what happens is we always say stuff like press on and, you know, but the, there was no intent... To just fight all the time. There was intent to do your best work and then rest and then do your best work again. So, skipping this step, which so many people do, isn't noble. It's not better. It's not so, it's part of this plan so that we're not exhausted and we don't go into decision making with fatigue and those things too. So, think about the mission of outreach and caring for others and growing your business and physically taking care of yourself. When you don't do these things, you become exhausted or you hit that fatigue level that now the next time you make an attempt at it, you're just not as good at it. So I think it's super, I, I love I love hearing the feedback and like Christian was last year, like looking at the notes of what you wrote and then a year later going, I can't believe I thought like that just in one literally short year. It seems crazy how much can be accomplished When there's a mindset shift or a breakthrough that happens, or you have an alignment that works, like when those little things, we say little, but they end up being monumental, right? So just those little breakthroughs that if you don't stop and go, I should be looking closer for these little things that become such big things. And even in the conversation this morning where it's like, I know it seems little and I'm just mentioning Jesus to somebody a little bit, but we don't know what that seed's going to do. And and I guess the saying was, you may never enjoy the shade of the tree from that seed or whatever, but if we are not taking stock and paying attention to the progress we've made or the errors we've made, or I mean, if we don't take this time, that's why I love this, this exercise that we go through. We're, we're going to share this with yeah. everybody here, right? Definitely. That'd be great. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. and through it here. Yeah, I mean, even
2: as as we're reflecting on the weekend, one of the things that I've really enjoyed is the activities that we're doing are actually restful, which I think we've gotten away from actual restful activities where people just numb or try to escape. So let's say you have an exhausting week. A lot of people just go home, they turn on Netflix or they they go on social media. You, you want to numb the pain of your feeling overwhelmed. But after that two hours of binge watching your show, you don't feel re- rested. You don't feel renewed. You don't feel like relaunching. And so one of the things that's been so great about this weekend is taking the time to go through this as well as just you know playing soccer, getting to know somebody's family, doing things outside, but actual activities that are refilling that cup as opposed to, I'm just going to press pause on the
3: pain that I'm feeling and then go right back into it. Mm. Yeah, it's so good. And I think it's so important for us too, because a lot of times, like you said, Scott, we don't realize some of the wins unless we sit down and we're intentional about writing this down and answering some specific questions like we did last night on this worksheet. And I think it's important to sit down write them down, and, and realize, oh, shoot, that was a big win for me. Because sometimes we do get caught up in the hustle and bustle of life, and we overlook the small wins. Sometimes we overlook the big wins. And it's not until... We sit down and do an exercise like this, and it's not to celebrate the win where we're like, yeah, I did it. It's all about me. No, because when we cast vision for the next year, we're casting vision with the Bible as our playbook. We're praying about it. We're not just sitting, hey, what would be cool in 2022? No, we're sitting with the Lord. If we're married, we're sitting with our spouse. If we have kids, we're sitting as a family, and we're casting vision together. So now when we accomplish, we just start checking off the boxes. It's like, all right, this is great. Like I I serve a God that I pray to. He answers prayer and and we could spend time rejoicing and praising God for these wins. And then I want to mention also, Riley, you said we have the playbook. And I uh, same thing when Joe Scheraldo said, it's like we have, I, I felt the same thing when I got saved. I'm like, guys, we have the, I have the answer. The answer's here. It's the Bible is Jesus, right? It doesn't matter what the question is. The answer is Jesus. And there's a reason why Bill Belichick doesn't matter who's on the team. doesn't matter the names. He's got the playbook. He's got the defense that's going to hold you to, Only two touchdowns a game. It doesn't matter who's on the team because if you run the playbook, you're going to succeed. When we run the playbook of life following scripture, we're going to succeed.
0: Yeah. And I don't know if it was Bill who said this or some famous coach, but I loved it because it falls in such alignment with what we're talking about here. Like, even if the other team knows your plays, it doesn't matter. Right. Like, if you execute you think, sort of yeah, execute you know, against if, me, if you're operating in excellence, mm-hmm. right. If, if I know, you know, we'll stick with football here, but if I know that my offensive linemen, my left guard, my right guard, whatever it is, they're at optimization. Like they've worked hard in the off season. They've, they've been following the rhythm of life, the off season playbook. And now we're going into peak season to playoffs, which I believe we're in like playoff season, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're in operating within the tribe here with, there's a sense of Urgency to this life. Hmm. We need to be operating in with that mindset and just all the more reason that we're operating in excellence. So even if the devil knows the playbook, which I can guarantee you he knows the playbook, Mm -hmm. right? And he's very good at what he does, whether he knows it or not. If we're operating in it and we run the plays, it shouldn't matter. We got the sword of the spirit with us, put on Mm -hmm. the armor every day. Like we are gonna just continually to progress and progress and progress. Not that we won't experience Hardship and trials and, and things along those lines. But we know that our focus is that higher calling. Like it's the goals that we're going to be putting in place through this exercise. We'll run through with you guys. Like mm-hmm. that's the mark. That's just the, the goal that we are short term looking
1: to hit in order to fulfill that higher calling that we know God has on our lives. Well, what's great about some of this too, like you kind of said, is like it's not that you're giving credit. If I go and say, look what happened this year. Almost read it the other way and go, look what God did with me this year. Right. So if I look at the parable of the talents, I'm like, I may feel like just a one right now, but I gave him that one. And look what he did with me. So now that I can change my my goals or my my when I relaunch and say, Hey, I want to give him more next year. Like, I hope he multiplies me again. So now my capacity gets bigger. So everything about how I'm showing up for him is becoming bigger. Then you go, look what he did. He gave me some tests. He gave me some wins. He gave me some challenges. He made me tougher. I learned some stuff. So now that when I flip this page and we go to next year, I'm like, okay, God, now that you have one of your soldiers with this much capacity, how do we increase it next year? What do I have to do? Or how available do I be for you? And what are the, you know, my, I guess, earthly plans that i do i'm gonna set the stage for you to put the super on my natural if you read it this way you don't feel discouraged about a miss or a fumble right like i know you gave me some tests you gave me challenges and i didn't get to win them all because it wasn't for me anyway it's not mine so who cares like let it go let me grow my capacity so that i can serve you that much bigger going forward right yeah. and even to speak on that this football
3: theme that i kind of started here when they're going over game tape and they're showing hey somebody ran the wrong route led to an interception a turnover whatever they go over that because you guess what next time you're not going to do that you're not going to make that same mistake so you highlight the mistakes not to mock or ridicule the person but hey next time you know you got a zig
0: instead of zag and we're not going to turn the ball over so that, that's great that's, that's good christian because part of part of this worksheet we're going to make this available to you, listeners, here as well. But part of this worksheet, we go through, you know, three different sections of this, essentially. And the first one is just reviewing our, our year in the past, and so we want to be very intentional on actually taking inventory of how to go right. So one of them, just to give you guys, oh, we'll just share a couple with you. Name your top seven achievements in 2021, and I think this is was an, a very important one because so many of us live with these self-limiting beliefs or this mindset of I'm not good enough or what I ever do is never you know uh, enough exactly yeah, yeah. exactly but then there's also the other extreme where it's like i i did everything here right so <laughs> the, the, i understand there's definitely uh, both sides to the the spectrum there but um i think it is important for us that are continually striving to be excellent in all that we do and if you guys listen to the you know one of these last episodes that we did on core values excellence is one of the kings council core values mm-hmm. and we want our desires to continually progress until the, the day that we die so if we can reflect on this question here, name the top seven achievements, seven, we just came up with the, you know, that's the number of, you know, finality, right? Mm -hmm. The number seven. Mm -hmm. So uh, seven achievements in 2021, and then, you know, name five challenges you overcame. And so we walk through this worksheet with you step-by-step that really kind of flows into what was maybe the smartest decision that you made this past year. And these can be sometimes hard for us to actually What was that smart decision, right? And some people are going to know it very, very quickly. But the point is, if we're not being intentional with taking the time to do this, it's just never going to happen. Yeah. yeah. One of the questions I love
3: that we didn't even really get a chance to talk about this yet, but... Because we gave everybody time to to sit for a little bit, and obviously, it, you could sit for hours with this to to answer this worksheet. Uh, but the question of what new or existing relationships did I develop, and a couple of people that raised their hand and answer that, and they they said the number one was God. And that we have a couple people in this tribe who have a new relationship with God, and God used King's counsel to lead some people to salvation, which is unbelievable. And then developing those relationships with God, and that just filled my cup last night to to hear that. So I'm sure you guys caught that and you felt the same way, but we didn't get a chance to talk about that yet. Right.
0: Yeah, but we— we both shed a tear at the same time. So yeah, yeah, that's incredible. That's, it has been an incredible year. I mean, we could even just talk about a couple of these for us. Like, it, I mean, it's been an incredible year. So many lives have been saved. You guys baptized people mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, regularly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, which is that just that public declaration of, you know, I'm committing my life and, and I'm, I want to be held accountable. And you mentioned Parable of the Talent, Scott, mm-hmm. and it's like our ability in this life, whatever that is, our ability in this life is based upon three things. It, and I, I get this. From reading the parable of the talents, it's based upon our availability. Are we making ourselves available for what we're, for anything, right? For God. Are we going to make ourselves available to him to say, use me? And part of that is making that public declaration, like, use me, God. And then am I going to take the responsibility? So our ability is based upon the availability, the responsibility, and then part of this group and even doing this worksheet annually is the accountability, So the the three itties, availability, responsibility, and accountability is going to really allow God to take our ability from the natural here to really that supernatural, as you said, on this earth. And so, yeah, amen. uh, And that's just, I mean, this this year has been incredible, yeah, to say the
1: least. It's actually, you know, I kind of enjoy the roller coaster about it like i I like the highs and i like that we learn stuff i like that we're pressure tested from you know what i mean like you have to build a muscle you have to break it like to get good at stuff you have to get bad at stuff like you got to try things that you never tried before and just hearing people break through it like like last night a couple people saying stuff like i'm I'm just not vulnerable all right i'm not vulnerable enough and i'm learning to do it more and it's like okay well that little nudge might be coming from people next to you who are saying, I'm doing it too. And you know, when one stands up, then two stand up, then everyone feels like standing up and you have this kind of ripple effect. This is what kind of the movement is. We're not going through the motions. This is a movement. We're actually moving people. Things are happening. We are not. Obviously we're a conduit at this point, but if everything just went smooth, I, I would feel like we missed. I, like, we didn't try hard enough if we got it all. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes the low of the roller coaster prepares us and reminds us. And then we can take stock in the going back up and the wins. And those wins become so much more valuable and more precious, just like the birth of a baby or a death of a grandparent. Like, you get highs and lows for different reasons. And it's such a, like, there's like a preciousness to that stretching
3: exercise, you know what I mean? Yeah, and we did a Bible study this morning coming from Nehemiah chapter 4, and if everything's just going smooth, then guess what? Like you're probably not doing that much work for the Lord. <laughs> okay. Because the mightier the work for the Lord is, the bigger bullseye is
0: going to be on our back from the enemy. I'm going I'm to cut you off there, only because I, want, I know somebody that's listening to that, because sometimes when I think of that, and I've been through a season of this recently where it's like, That ain't a very good sales pitch about follow the Lord. Like (laughs) you mean I gotta go through trial? Like I don't. If I make this decision now, you're saying like I've gotta. I'm gonna experience this. Like sign up.
3: This is gonna suck. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. Guess what? You're signing up for immediate warfare, spiritual warfare. That's what you're signing up for. But it's reality, and (laughs) and I think. Perhaps the church doesn't do a great job of, you know, giving the whole picture. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously we give the gospel, we allow people to know what salvation means, what our, why we need a Savior, uh, what sinning is, what repentance means, what truly believing in the Lord means, but... What comes along with it? I mean, Jesus' sale pitch was, "Hey, follow me. Uh, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna leave your your mother, your father, your sisters. Hey, <laughs> yeah, t- yeah, yeah. Take up your cross and follow me." Uh, well, t- that's um, that's execution. That's sacrifice, right? So uh, Jesus' sale pitch was a little a little harsher than what we see in today's church, but it's the truth. But guess what? The second I said yes to Jesus, I had more peace than I had ever felt in my life.
1: That's, that's something I was going to say. So if you, I, I hear both sides, cause I hear what you're saying, but think about this. I feel where take some flack for this, but I feel where some churches and some, you know, some Christianity takes flack is if you look at it, like come be saved to save yourself, you'll get all this peace. Like that's the sales pitch, right? You'll have peace. You'll know you're going to live forever and all the good stuff that's in it for you. But if you don't take the second half, now go grow my kingdom. If you don't take that, yeah, this is easy. But if the whole point of this is for us just to get in the gate, then we missed by a long shot. We missed by a long... So this is the good part, the salvation and live forever and all that, the peace, whatever. But then there's the go-grow. Well, when you start to grow, you're going to start taking some arrows.
3: Yeah. Right. Because if... Every day since I got saved, if I just stayed in my house and read my Bible and prayed to my Lord and, you know, everything was hunky-dory, there wouldn't be much uh, warfare. But the minute I go out and now I share that love of Jesus, you know, the great commandment to go and make disciples of all nations. So now I'm going out because, and anybody who, and this, I'm speaking for myself, but I, I truly believe this, anybody who experiences that love of Christ and experiences freedom you know, breakthrough, that transformation of being a born-again believer. The first thing I want to do was share it with somebody else. Cause like we just said, I I got the answer. Oh my gosh, all the answers. I, I've been to Barnes and Nobles. I I got to all the self-help books. I I tried to figure out how to get off drugs. I tried to figure out how to improve this area of my life. I tried to read all the books. It didn't work. But now I'm
0: free. I have peace of mind. I I have fulfillment. I have this joy that I'd never experienced before. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's the point that I want to get across is that those of you listening to this, I know we have people that are not, you know, Christians or that, that have not surrendered their life to Christ. And I just want to make sure that clear on that, that mm-hmm. there's a difference. This is kind of goes back to the talk about the difference between being motivated or actually inspired. Mm -hmm. And that motivation is like that external factor, the reason why I would do something. We're motivated to go to work to get a paycheck. That's a form of motivation. Otherwise, people don't go to work. But when we're inspired, that's the word inspired is from in spirit. It's the root of it, in spirit. So it's an internal calling. It's that drawing where I'm so inspired. And once you actually experience because this ain't about religion this is not you ain't going to get that in religion. you can get motivated to do certain things in religion but if you are looking for that true relationship to that that true feeling to be in spirit, inspired to go through those trials to go through those tribulations knowing that there's nothing more fulfilling and nothing more just like it, it, worth it that, that that causes that that it gives that pain purpose. And that's why we even talk a lot, just coming back to the vision, your vision is what gives pain purpose and leading into this second kind of portion of what this relaunch phase is, is now then casting vision into 2022. Like, what is that? What do I want to do? And some of us might not even know this and it absolutely can change over time. Like my, Mm -hmm. my, the, the mission and the vision that I had in when I was 19, 20, 21, it's, it's absolutely changed. And it could continually change for us. And as we grow and we mature, we realize what becomes most important to us. And through that process, that in spirit, that inward just drawing towards God, that's going to become more and more clear over time and that vision that it may be a little cloudy for us of what this even looks like. But as we take those small steps, we make those, you know, these goals that we have. And as we get closer and closer to them, the vision just becomes more and
1: more clear for us and ultimately fulfilling the purpose on our life. Yeah, I like the second. So it's it's the last page of this worksheet that you guys will all get. But when we go through the review of last year, like what did I learn? What happened well? What, you know, what commitment, what uh, relationships did I build? All that stuff, like what did we learn? Let's gather all the information that we experienced. What do we learn? How do we use it going forward? And I know a couple people have said, I actually don't even know what it is. So what would you tell me if I don't have any idea? And I would just say, start to learn how to listen, start to learn how to be aware, get at peace. Go to the Lord and ask, send me, you know, here I am, send me, right? If you take the abilities of the, the, you know, your availability, your responsibility, and your accountability, if you don't know what your responsibility is yet, just increase your availability. And now that you've just become more available, you might start to feel a calling and that will start to change for you. Instead of saying, I have the answer, just say, I'm available for the answer. And I think that first step will change a lot for a lot of people. And it'll increase their relationship with God. It'll also increase their feeling of responsibility because they were so available. They felt called and they'll start to work together really fast. And I think that as humans, we like to have the answer. Like I like to already know, I want to know what's going on. And the reality is we're never going to know. So if you just know you're never going to know, just increase your availability and the rest kind of falls into place on that. That's why I like that last page. Yeah, that's good. So as we kind
0: of dial this in here, guys, I'm curious, I'll maybe put some of you guys on the spot here a little bit. Like what would be one of uh, something you're looking to aspire to or just part of the 2022 vision? I know some people like last year, we had a word for the year for each person. And that was interesting, um, just asking and seeking God of like what this next year looks like. But have you guys, it, totally putting you on the spot here, but have any of you guys, mm-hmm. either, like, there's three of us here, mm-hmm. thought about that or like, what's what's next? What's this next level in my life or this next story, this next chapter in my life? And again, December 31st to January one. And nothing different except you turn in the calendar. Yeah. So, But this just happens to be a time that everybody tends to look to put these New Year's resolutions and things in place. And so it's a time that we just want to come intentionally to focus on this, okay, reflection, but now how can I relaunch into the next year? So go ahead.
2: Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I heard you say recently is instead of setting income goals, we should set giving goals, in which this was actually really powerful for me this past year. One of my main goals was there was a couple in the church that was going through a hard time and both their vehicles, you know, ended up crapping out on them. They didn't have any way to get around. And I remember feeling so frustrated because at that time, financially, I wasn't able to help them. And so I just started working my face off, you know, in terms of sales, I'm making those extra calls. I'm staying up till crazy hours. I mean, I worked insanely hard so that I could, you know, it was with that intention of I want to give and... I remember having a conversation even with, you know, a young Christian guy and he was just telling me like, yeah, I don't care about money. You know, at my job, I mostly just have Christian podcasts on and it's all about, you know, growing in my relationship with the Lord. And I'm like, man, I think you're missing out actually on something that God has for you, which is the ability to give. And I finally got to that point where I was able to just call him up one day and say like, hey, come pick up your new car, which it wasn't a new car, it was, you know, my used car that I was driving, but it was such a... Uh, For me, it was one of the most joyful things, and that's what makes this, this exercise so powerful is when you kind of have that moment to reflect, I think Selah is kind of the word they use in the Bible, to pause, reflect for me, as I was writing down, what is I most proud of? Or what did I accomplish? Those types of things. I didn't even remember that, you know, uh, four months ago that I was able to bless somebody with a car. So as I'm looking to 2022, I'm able to draw that strength off of the year before of which things were actually most important to me. So I don't have a specific answer to your question, but I do know that it's going to be based around generosity. Who can I serve? Who can I bless? Whether it be financially, spiritually, and those types of things. That's how I'm writing my goals or my For 2022, is what people can I serve and
3: bless? Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll piggyback off of that just when it comes to giving and generosity, because this past Sunday at church, as service was closing out, I heard the Lord speak clearly to me that finances wouldn't be an issue at my church. And it's a small church, startup church. And I share that with the pastor. And I believe a lot of it's going to come from my giving. And I have yet to receive my first seven, well, like seven figure check, but I'm already thinking about writing a seven figure check. And I believe it's coming soon. And I, you know, Guys, don't get us wrong. Anybody listening, you know, say, oh, look at these guys. They're talking about just want to give, give, give. But that's really what it's about. That's what fills our cup. And, I mean, we go deep into the law of sowing and reaping, and we've seen it come to light uh, just with what we did last month where, Riley, you gave... $5,000 of your own money. And I think we touched on this on a recent podcast and you gave a hundred dollars to 50 members of King's council and just so they could steward it, pray, see how God leads them to spend that hundred dollars. And the God stories that came back from that were remarkable. And that's just with a hundred dollars. And I mean, thank God you were in a position to get 5,000 to fund that. So think about that. If I had $5,000 to just give in addition to my tithe, you know, how much work for the Lord could be done. And it's a remarkable thing. And I mean, guys, let's face it. How many Christian churches are there? How many born-again believers are there? If we come together and we really build this... Christian kingdom economy, the way that God, I believe, desires for us to build where we are looking out for one another. where We're building the Christian economy because if we do that, now we're able to reach everybody else outside the Christian economy. We're able to end world hunger there's a lot of believers. There's a lot of money, and I remember learning from you guys where you said, "Hey, don't worry about how much money you make. Don't act like it's not going to be there for somebody else." And that actually triggers something to me. It's like, yeah, it's almost like, well, I, I know now the way we're printing money, it is kind of an endless supply.
0: <laughs> uh, Hold on, just not we as in
3: we, we don't, don't have we, a don't, we don't print money, <laughs> right? <laughs> America, the good right old, now, yes. United States of America. <laughs> but yeah, that triggers something for me. And one of the biggest things that I got over this past year and. It was a hundred percent in part to King's Council and just shifting my mindset from that typical Christian that spirit of impoverishment where man if you have money that ain't a holy thing and this comes from something I had no scripture. I teach the Bible and I still had that kind of like hanging on to me. so I was able to break through that and I felt like there was such freedom once my mind shifted and now I know I'll be writing a seven-figure check. I know it's coming. And, and I know it's coming soon. And I'm going to write on here that I'm going to do that before the end of
0: 2022. Let's go. Let's mm-hmm. go, man. Absolutely. Yeah. I stand in agreement with that. But for those listening, the whole reason you mentioned the $100, giving that to somebody, the whole reason is, is to be intentional with our mindset about money. Because I believe our mindset about money is a reflection of a lot of just who we are because money ain't everything until you don't have enough of it. And then it quickly becomes your everything Mm -hmm. for those that have experienced because I've been there where I didn't have enough of it. So it was everything that I chased after. I, I loved, we talk about that love of money, but when you have enough of it, It quickly becomes of like, okay, what can I do with this? How can I generate this? And how can I multiply this? But here's the thing. You can't put the cart before the horse. You're not going to get enough of it and then become generous because that is not generosity at all. So these principles we're talking about of, of sowing and reaping, these kingdom principles of the seven days of creation, of tithing, God says to test me in this. It doesn't make logical sense for us to give 10% and then try to live off 90%, but know that that is going to go so much farther that we're going to be able to do so many more radical things with that 90% than the 100% ever would. So, the point of that was just to early on, before we give, we got to get. And that get comes from understanding the word of God, understanding like the truth behind it and stewarding what the little that we have well. Because back to the parable of the talents, it says God gave to them based upon their ability. Mm-hmm. And we think about this. Why did God give one one talent, the other two and the other five? It was based upon their ability. I mean, God knew how much could I give that person that they would handle well? How would they steward that well? This is why we hear people that win the lottery and they're, you know, they get $30 million and then in three years they're broke and crackheads. Mm-hmm. It's like they couldn't steward it well. Yeah. I want to, the foundation of of King's Council as we're moving forward, part of our vision of 2022 is, yes, we are building this kingdom economy. We are going to take territory like never before for the kingdom. We are going to raise up millionaires. I know you're going to write that Mm seven-figure check, man. We're going to do that, but we are only going to do it because of how we're stewarding it. Well, we're putting ourselves in that position. We're making ourselves available. We are willing to be responsible, and this is the accountable portion of it Yeah, because you get eight nine figures in your bank account. I'm gonna make sure that, and vice versa, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're gonna make sure that we're not doing stupid stuff with it, right? right. That's the point of community and the point of tribe, and you know
1: what we're doing moving forward. Yeah, the lottery winner is the perfect example. It doesn't matter the amount. It doesn't even matter if, if you were given it really fast. It's all your intent. So no matter how much you have, if your intent is good, you tithe first, and you and you sow first. Always, if you just go first, right? Do it first. And you'll see it will work its way around. And that's kind of a lot of what we look at here. And if I just hear Christian talking now, it's like just this simple little two-page exercise. He learned that the things he's doing right, he's doing right. He's, he's He's got his head in the right place. He's thinking about the right things. He's working with God. But he's got a belief. And in one of these little boxes, he writes, you know what? I do still think like that. And I can't keep thinking like that. If I need to increase my availability, I have to decrease my own limit. And I have a limit on me, and this lets me turn the page and say, "Now next year, without that same limit, now God use me, use me as much as you want, make it as big as you want." So, to answer your original question, as you kind of went through, like, what are we all looking? Is I'm kind of in that season of like positive, powerful, positive, like influence. Like, how can I influence either a generation, either the one right behind me or their kids, or it doesn't matter? I know we're a little bit different ages, but I feel like experience is such a valuable thing and, and i kind of take it like no matter how much money i make i'm going to leave that inheritance one time but the knowledge that i have the experience that i've learned i can leave that hundreds of times if i start now i can continue to leave my experience with everyone else's kids and everyone else's grandkids and i can i can duplicate and multiply experience and knowledge know-how mindset that stuff I can leave over and over and over and over again. And I feel like it's almost like I'm in that shifted to responsibility. Like that's my duty now to don't take this with you, share this as much as you can. And like I said, my currency still will be when somebody says something you told me got me to make my first million. So like, we can go make another, but but that won't do the same thing for me anymore. It doesn't do this. It would have been just buy more stuff. When somebody else says, now I've earned, I've gained the ability to become so much more that now I can go do that for somebody else, now that legacy starts to multiply so vastly. So I'm in that season and my my contract is positive, powerful influence is like, share info. There's so much information. Schools are not teaching. I mean, they're holding stuff back at this point, right? Do you think people...
2: In our culture, honor experience. I mean, I know for you, you give information so freely, even on a podcast like this. And I think, you know, I've seen so many people that are addicted to the next new thing versus somebody that's tested and proven. What's been your experience with that?
1: I do. I think, I think there's versions where you hear like coaches and consultants say, like, don't share until they pay you and don't do this. I'm like, we should be dumping this information out of our heads. I mean, if anyone you know had a dad or a grandfather or somebody who just just taught them and taught just even if they showed you how to work a tool, like you now know how to work that tool. It's this old saying, teach your man to fish. I feel like society is handing you fish, but they don't want you to know how to fish. Man, we should spin this the other way around. I want everyone to know how to get it themselves. Don't work for somebody else, get your own, go get your own, be generous with it, steward it correctly and go get as much as you want. And if I piggyback, like Christian was just saying, money moves so fast and so back and forth, like the amount of money you made this year, you made money and spent it. And somebody who you spent that money with made money this year too. There's no limit to it. There's enough for everybody to be absolutely abundant. Because we'll just keep moving it around. And if we can keep it on the kingdom side, then the kingdom has the ability to become more too. But to answer your question is, I think that people discount it like, eh, that's a tip. Now it's just a meme. Hey, I read a cool meme the other day. It was great advice. So something I try to instill in Hannah, if there's one of these old sayings that's still around, it's because it's true. Because you know what they say, garbage doesn't last very long. But the pure, big, good stuff—it'll last, right? If it was good advice 50 years ago, it's good advice today, you know.
3: And I don't know if it'll be one of my kids that's the first to say, Scott, thank you for sharing that piece of information. I'm a millionaire now, but I believe that my kids, because you've done it with my family already, and I see you do it with everybody you're in contact with. So, honor to you for doing that, man. I
0: appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, success leaves clues. That's, yeah, I, that's a that's been a key component in my life is looking for that fruit that I wanted mm-hmm. and just getting around those people. Yeah. And sometimes it's paying money to be around them. Sometimes Maybe, it's yeah. serving to be in the same room with them. Whatever it is, it's just get around those people, those the the like minded people that have the fruit in their life that you're looking for. And one of the ways that you can do that is certainly by getting your hands on this exercise that we have gone through here. Uh, we call it the Set Your Compass, the, the rest, reflect, relaunch exercise. And for those listening, if you guys just want to text the number, we'll give this to you guys. Text the number 727 Again, 727 727- Four seven two three eight six zero. 472 that number's in the show notes as well, but we will get this sent out to you. You can print this thing off and do this exercise with yourself as well. And what's the word? The text it text the word. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: That's good piece of info. Yeah.
0: Go ahead and text the word REFLECT, R-E-F-L-E-C-T, REFLECT, to 727-472-3860, and we'll make sure that we get you that PDF. Download printable document to fill out for yourself. Christian Edwards, Caleb Spittler, Scott Thomas. Been it's fun guys yeah,
1: been a pleasure love it yeah
0: love you guys let's go out and play some football now let's do yeah. it love you thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the King's Council podcast for more information on the King's Council and becoming the CEO of your own life visit kingscouncilcoaching.com today you can also follow us on Instagram at kingscouncilcoaching we'll see you next time